I'm Maria. I'm Shadio. And I'm Amber. We're from Jerusalem. We're the producers of the Women Behind the Wall podcast. This podcast features stories of how the political seeps into the private lives of people in Israel and Palestine, and how women experience the conflict. These narratives give you a glimpse into the lives of women with deep hopes and aspirations. Most of the women interviewed live in the West Bank. They're women behind the wall. We hope you stay a bit, listen to their stories, and hear the messages they hope you'll hear. Today on Women Behind the Wall, we hear from Larisse, a Palestinian Christian woman from Beit Sahur, a town outside of Bethlehem. This town is the place where the angels are said to have appeared to the shepherds, announcing Jesus' birth. We sit in Larissa's home on a hill with a view across her patio that overlooks Israeli settlements in Jerusalem. She tells us her story of caring for her elderly father, of being alone in Palestine as her children and sister have emigrated, and how her faith plays a large role in how she copes with what she experiences. My name is Loris. I'm from Betsahur. I have three daughters, five grandchildren. Three of my daughters, they live outside. They finish their university in Birzeit, and they leave when they finish. One, she live in San Diego, California, and two, they live in Dubai. After finishing university and leaving Palestine, Larissa's daughters married men who live outside of the country. He's from Palestine, but they are American. And the third one, she married to Syrian man. She know him from Dubai, from work. So I live with my husband and my father. I feel sometimes I feel so bad because uh, I'm here alone. So sometimes <laughs> I'm not good. We asked Clarice if she raised her daughters in the house we are sitting in. Nearby, not very far from here. Not in this house, in another house. This house, my father had another land down. He uh, sell it, and he preferred not to give us money. He preferred to build these houses for me and for my sister. So we raise here in Beit Sahur, and we married here. I move when he built it to me. He needs somebody to help him. He is 88 now. My sister, she's uh, in America also. Larisse shares a little about staying behind, as her only sister and daughters have left the country, and she remains to care for her father. I have green card. I pray for my father stay in good health and stay, but uh, when he goes, we will uh, move to America. You know, um, I think if. Um, you love something, you love somebody, it's your home. 
okay, this is stone, but they are human. We love our children more than I love this stone. But really, it's not easy to leave your culture, your life, your friends, everything you should leave it because you need somebody to look after uh, you when you become elderly. Our government, it didn't give us anything when we become old. So my daughter in America, she says, you are welcome to come and live with us. So that's what I want to do. Really, now I can work. I work a little bit with somebody. Um, they give me in one hour 13 shekel and a half. Nothing. And yeah, not all the time. Like $3.50 maybe? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's um, just two days in a week. Five hours, two hours, three hours. We visit needy people uh, around. Uh, I translate for her, so that's it. <laughs> it's not easy. Some Palestinian Christians feel a strong desire to stay in the Holy Land as the Palestinian Christian presence is increasingly dwindling. They feel a struggle between staying in their homeland, a place where they have ancient religious and cultural roots, and moving on with hopes of finding better life circumstances. Yeah, I feel sometimes guilty. Uh, you know, it's uh, really, it's not fair. Not just here, all around the world. They didn't do the right things. You know, we live here. We have our own houses. And uh, I have three daughters. All of them, they are out because they can't live here, no work. They leave, so it's not easy for me. I should be with them. So I leave too. <laughs> I'm leaving. Not just me. You can see all around uh, the houses. One, they have uh, people. Another one, it's empty. Empty, full, empty, full. Most of them Christian. Yeah, they left. When I was in America, I remember I become friend with uh, a lady. She's uh, the same age of me. She's uh, a very happy lady. She went to the sea to swim. She um, had her own uh, car. Her husband work and they are very happy family. They went every year to visit some places or, you know, we didn't have it here. And when I tell her about our situation, she was very angry and she says, yeah, you should be in a good situation. <laughs> so she says, good that you have a green card to come to America. While Larisse says she is grateful for the chance to go to America when the time is right, she also shares her conflicted feelings about leaving her home in Palestine. I become very angry because uh, I would like to stay at home and I would like to see not just me, uh, all the women in this land 
to have their right to stay and to live in a good way. Larice raised her three daughters in this small town, and they grew up through two intifadas, the Palestinian uprisings against the Israeli occupation. Larice shares what this was like, particularly during the second intifada. When I raised them, and uh, with the two intifada came, it's not easy for me to uh, explain for them what's happened. In the beginning, there is no money because there is curfew. My husband can't work. The schools, we can't go to school. So they stay with me. Sometimes I feel they are very hyper because they want to play and we can't go outside because uh, curfew all the time. They give us two hours just to, to go outside to shopping and um, they play a little bit and when they hear uh, curfew, curfew, they come uh, uh, to the house with fear, with, you know, angry. It's not easy for me to catch them this long time at house. Uh, I remember when they hear the shooting because somebody in, in the street and they shoot, uh, the soldiers shoot. When they hear the shooting, they become crying also. If they saw anybody in the street and there is curfew, they shoot. So I remember once I was put the laundry because we use the sun, not the dry machine. So I put the, the laundry out in the sun. They saw me and they shot, they shot but not at me, up. <sighs> I was so <laughs> afraid that day. Larissa's children witnessed this firsthand, and she shares how she tried to explain this to them. They saw it, yeah, because it's in the wall. I remember um, that I can't understand everything to tell them, you know. It's really something new at me also. But all the time I told them, Jesus with us, don't be afraid. But sometimes they, uh, when they cry, I cry with them. We asked Clarice if her grandchildren know what life is like living under occupation in Palestine. My grandchildren, they didn't ask me because they're still young to understand the situation here. But uh, I think they will know they will read about the situation because they are Palestinian. Still, they have uh, uh, American passport, but they know they are Palestinian. When they ask, we will tell them about everything, yes. It's our culture, it's our uh, land, it's our uh, situation. I will tell them about everything I know. The occupation is it's not right. We are people from uh, Palestine from many, 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 many years ago. 
so it's our land we should live in peace in our land we should have our right to stay to live to work in peace Lori shares how the occupation affects her the conflicts between us it's like um, come and goes come and goes we used to we know if we are in peace now my mind thought tomorrow it it, it, did, it didn't come good because we used to so one day good one day worse one day like if you are in america you know tomorrow is good tomorrow the sun will shine and everything is okay the work is okay and when you become uh, 60 the government look after you but in our situation there is a fear inside us for the future we didn't know what will be happened or it's not easy for us every time we are in deep depression we try to be good but when you thought about the future i feel so bad you know once i was in america i returned back my daughter was with me live with me and my sister live uh, beside so i came from america my daughter lived to uh, to dubai to work and my sister lived to america to live with her daughter so i found nobody around really for one month i didn't talk to anybody we asked larice if they left because of the occupation of course yeah because the situation we have i was very angry because um uh, i didn't find anybody around me but um there is many things wrong because the situation we have here We asked Clarice how she would feel if her grandchildren lived here. I hope but if my grandchildren living here I didn't let them go outside without me. <laughs> really I'm so uh, afraid. It's dangerous when they go out alone or they didn't know the rules. Now they are small. They didn't know the most thing i afraid uh when we cross the borders there is many rules they didn't know about it so that's give me fear i have a story about my friend she came from america with her son he's 16 and the first time he came to palestine he should came from uh, from jordan and uh When he crossed the bridge, he didn't know he should wait until somebody get in. Uh he do something and the soldier hit him until the blood came. He shout because he's American, he thought he can do not like Palestinian. So the soldier hit him until the blood came from his nose. As we sit and talk in Larissa's West Bank home, floor to ceiling glass sliding doors let in the afternoon sunlight. 
allowing us a view of the outskirts of Jerusalem. An Israeli neighborhood, part of the greater Jerusalem metropolis, sprawls over the hills in the distance with massive white apartment buildings rising out of the ground. The land the neighborhood is built on was conquered during the 1967 war. And according to international law, building on this property is illegal. We look beyond her porch into the neighborhood. She points out where they had six and a half dunams of agricultural land where they grew focus, wild cucumbers. While the land was conquered in 1967, Palestinians still had some access to their lands. But a few decades ago, the Israeli government confiscated their property without compensation. Yeah, it's our land. Six and a half uh, dunam. Before they built the settlement, they do it for fakus. So. Those oh, wild yeah. cucumbers. Yeah, white. My father went to the court, yeah, and nothing. He just want to return it back to him, but they didn't allow. Khalas. Before they built, when they put the fence, or they didn't allow us to be there. Before the um, uh, permission, before they closed, they took it. In that time, they can go to Jerusalem and they can put uh, a lawyer. It's his land and he didn't want to, to sell it, so they went for four, five times. And they know it's, they can't do anything, mm. so they leave it. My father wants the land, not money. He says this is the land of my parents, so that they خلاص. They took it. Now it's a playground. Uh, every day they put lights. Yeah, it's not easy for him, but uh, you know he's a uh, he believes in God, and he says, okay. I didn't want to fight, but it's not fair. We have another land up with Jesus. Allah. Thank God for everything. But really, it's not fair. Laurie shares how her faith helps her respond to what she sees and experiences. Because I'm Christian, I forgive. Uh, many things happen to us, so I can forgive more than if I'm not Christian. So many things happened once when the soldier came to our class when I was at school and he hit me without any reason. I was 16, broke my hand, broke my head, bleeding. Nobody helped me. But when I was in the hospital, they came to see what happened. My father said, just leave it. This is my daughter. Thank God because she's safe. Larisse shares how she deals with situations like these. You know, uh, praying. Uh, I pray a lot. Yeah, every time God with me, Jesus with me, yeah, because I ask Him all the time. Nashkur Allah.
I train myself to be calm. I train myself to believe in God. He will take care of me. So somehow, I think because I am believer, it's easier because I, I put all my problems on him. And uh, thank God, every time he look after me. Yeah, when you have peace, the peace from where? From God. So because I believe in God, there is peace inside me. It's helped me to live. That's the way I do it. We asked Clarice if there is something she would like women outside of Palestine to know about the situation here. You know, the, uh, the problem is the, the media. In America, the media not all the time give the right things. I hear many things when I was there and um, it's not right. The story totally different. Yeah, they didn't see the real life we have it here. So the media can do many things. I want the media to see the truth, what happened in this land. Larissa's story highlights some of what she sees and experiences as a woman living behind the wall. As a grandmother living in Palestine, far away from her children and grandchildren, Larisse takes care of her father and volunteers with a local organization in Beit Sahur. Yeah, I volunteer with an organization called Beit Yusuf in Beit Sahur. We uh, try to help people with special need, like skin disease, mentally handicapped, so we went to villages around and we helped them. Beit Yusuf is uh, the first organization in Beit Sahur went to their houses in the villages and they give them help because they are the only one they want to their houses and help them. We see many families uh, really, they are so, so poor, and they need help. I work with uh, this lady. She came before 20 years to Israel or more. She lived in Israel for a while. Then she came to Bethlehem. Uh, she was a nurse, and she didn't have children. She found this, uh, she found a, a girl, she's two, uh, two weeks with this disease and their parents, they didn't want her. Mm. She took her and she do a group. Where she find, she went and she helped. How the mama deal with this uh, child, with this disease, it's not easy. We went to the villages around Ramallah and around Bethlehem and Hebron. We gave them bandage, cream, uh, yogurt, because they bleed too much. They 
all the time they need bandage. This skin disease is a result of close intermarriage between cousins from villages. You know, the, uh, the government give us an insurance. It didn't cover everything. So for the skin disease, they didn't cover the bandage. So we should have bandage. We have bandages, um, cream, many things. They need somebody to talk to the parents, uh, to talk to the mom, because it's not easy when they have two in the house with this disease, it's not easy. They spend four hours every day to clean it, to change the mom. And after that, what um, she didn't have time for herself. So sometimes we uh, do something for the mom also. Picnic, uh, go outside, talking, laughing together. You know, she needs somebody to talk with. Larice shares why she likes to volunteer here. I like it. <laughs> really, I like to help, yeah. And I'm good in uh, telling them how to deal with. 21 years, I work with House of Hope, with mentally handicapped, and I was uh, the coordinator of the school, so I know how to do it, how to deal with the parents. I feel healthy when I volunteer with her. If you would like to donate to Beit Yusuf, the organization where Larisse volunteers to help care for children with rare skin conditions, you can find a way to do so through our website. Thank you for listening to Larisse's story. If you'd like to learn more about the issues raised in this episode, hear more stories, or connect with us, you can do so through our website at womenbehindthewall.com. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, share this episode, or drop us a note. Until next time!